0: The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our Internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed response, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship, as is our annual custom and tradition here at Marsh Chapel on this Mother's Day Sunday. We receive the spoken word from five people, graduates of Boston University, honored and selected graduates of Boston University, class of 2018, who will address us under the mighty shared theme, this I believe. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Pray, O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Christ has gone before, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God in glory, everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We begin each week with worship and each worship hour with a moment of confession wherein we recognize our frailty, fragility, and mortality and lift in individual prayer our paused consideration of confession for this week past and the week to come. As the choir guides us in our curie, may we bow in prayer. Let us pray. Well, beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 26. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, "'Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry.'" So one of the men who have accompanied us during all that time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed to Joseph called Barsabas, who was also known as Justus and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, You know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias. And he was added to the eleven apostles. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: please join me in reading Psalm 1 with the Antiphon. are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of waters, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do they prosper. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel.
3: gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guard them and not one of them was lost except for the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they may also be sanctified in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Christ.
4: Please be seated. We welcome you this morning to our annual This I Believe Sunday. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as university chaplain for community life here at Marsh Chapel, and this morning the particular honor of introducing our five This I Believe speakers. They have been chosen from among submissions solicited from all of the students who will graduate from Boston University next weekend, undergraduate, graduate, and professional, from either the Charles River or medical campuses. They bear witness to us this morning of their spiritual journey as it has led them to be you, grown and developed while here, and now carries them forward into lives of grace and abundance. Our first speaker, Robin Massey, will graduate next weekend with her Doctor of Education in Educational Leadership and Policy Studies from the School of Education. Her dissertation title is the restoration of the beautiful soul ideal construct in the lives and works of six 20th century artists, Vasily Kadinsky, Kante Kollwitz, Jacob Lawrence, Mark Rothko, Vincent Van Gogh, and Remedios Varro, and addresses how to recons- reconsider visual artists as highly ethical exemplars for use in the arts education curriculum. Robin teaches art foundations at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh and plans to incorporate her research into the classroom after graduating. Welcome, Robin.
5: Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and particularly to my own mother, who I'm blessed to have with me here today. This I believe. I believe in the power of art to transcend boundaries that words cannot provide. I believe that living the life of an artist and teaching art students, one needs to learn from those who have gone before us. This has brought me to think about my own role model, Sister Marie de Sales-Deneen, and one of her role models while she attended Boston University over 50 years ago. Sister encouraged me to attend BU for my doctorate in education, her beloved alma mater. Sister Marie always knew she wanted to be a nun. She was a devoted sister teacher to the youngsters at Regis, as she called them, and a rabid Boston sports fan. Sister first attended Harvard University on a full scholarship. She studied the classics, which as she put it, was like crucifying myself. So she transferred to Boston University, and for the next 10 years, she she received her PhD in art history, and then another bachelor's and master's from the College of Fine Arts. Sister never exhibited her work but only wanted to be the best teacher for her students. Her own artwork was phenomenal and included joyous themes of complex compositions of parades, holidays, and other festive multi-group outings. Philip Guston is one of the most well-known abstract expressionist artists whose oversized canvases of Klansmen, fat men and cigars, and other aggressive imagery was painted in violent and expressive tones of black gray, and red. His work deals head-on with social and political issues and he has been exhibited internationally for decades. I couldn't imagine two more different people or artists. Philip was one of Sister Marie's professors here at Boston University. Sister once told me, my first introduction to Philip was when I was sitting in class in layperson's clothing as this was after Vatican II and he looked at me and said, and I see we have Marie Denine here from Weston. Are you one of the ladies here because your husband says you're a good painter? Not quite, Sister Marie recounted. I'm a teacher at Regis College, and I'm here like everybody else in that I want to learn about art. She recalled another conversation. I was early for class one day, and my work was on the board ready for a critique. It was a jumble of gesture drawings of Archbishop Cushing with kids making their confirmation. Philip asked, is this yours, Marie? I think I see a cardinal. He's holding his hand out to the great unwashed. Yes, she said, he has a special way of doing it. And she flung her hand out and he said humorously, that's it Marie, we're the great unwashed. They had a good laugh together and he became one of the best critiquers of her work. I grew to like him very much, she said. When she learned of her acceptance to the MFA program at the College of Fine Arts, another professor told her, Marie, you'd be interested to know that the one who really went to bat for you the most to get into the MFA program was Philip. I believe Sister Marie found her place here at BU, as did I, just like she said I would. I believe that when you follow those who have come before you, you always end up in the right place.
4: Anne Marie Kelly will graduate with a master's in project management from Metropolitan College. She currently works as a program director at Boston University in Information Services and Technology and looks forward hopefully to increased responsibility from program management here. Welcome Anne Marie.
6: Good morning. At 59, I may not be the oldest graduate this year, but I most certainly am not the youngest. However, I believe that if you're open to changing, to enriching your life through learning, you can do anything. I believe in the power of a smile. It's a nonverbal sign of encouragement, a universal sign of welcome. It's a way to say I see you and you're not alone. I believe in the power of laughter. It can ease tense moments, make us realize that you don't have to take everything in life so seriously. I believe in celebrating small successes. Many of our goals in life, like pursuing a degree, will take time to achieve. Celebrating the small successes helps recharge our batteries so we can continue pursuing our goals. I believe in faith, in yourself, in your friends, and family, and in God. Faith gives you the courage and the strength to keep moving forward, to overcome obstacles, Faith gives you hope. I believe it's okay to not be perfect, even sometimes to fail. It builds coping skills and the perseverance you need to keep moving forward. I believe in the power of grit, of holding on, of hanging in there even when times are difficult, as this prepares you for whatever happens in your life. And it is a necessary ingredient for success in whatever endeavor you undertake. I believe in the power of asking for help and offering to help. We all have different skills and talents and sharing these talents will help us make the world a better place. I believe in the power of embracing diversity. By learning about others, you learn more about yourself. You come to realize that we actually have more in common than we have in our differences. This commencement is a double blessing for me, as my son is also graduating and earning his undergraduate degree in education. I know that parents of all graduates, whether from the United States, from another country, no matter their race, religion, or socioeconomic status, want the same as I want for my son. An opportunity to have a good life, to be productive, to define and achieve their own success and happiness, to know that they're loved, and to be able to love themselves and therefore to love others. I believe it does take a village to raise a child. It is our job to help the next generation to ensure that we leave this world in the hands of those capable to make the world a better place. And I do believe even an old dog can learn new tricks if they are willing and if they have the love and support of family and friends. After all, None of us travels this journey of life alone. We need each other to become the best version of ourselves.
4: Evan Armacost will graduate summa cum laude with a Bachelor of Arts and Master of Arts in Classical Studies from the College of Arts and Sciences and the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences. He was on the Dean's List throughout his time at BU and is the recipient of the Harold C. Case Scholarship in 2017 and the Robert E. Yellen Award in 2016. He has sung with the BU Allegrettos, was a cast member on the College of Communications Bay State Soap Opera, sings with the BU Catholic Center Choir, and was this past year the treasurer of the Undergraduate Classics Association. For the fifth consecutive summer, Evan will be writing and directing original musicals for young artists in middle and high school. And then, on August 18th, he will travel to St. Paul, Minnesota to enter the Midwest Novitiate of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, a Roman Catholic religious order known especially for its commitment to education and social justice. Welcome, Evan.
7: Take, Lord. Receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. So begins St. Ignatius of Loyola's Sushipe prayer that changed my life a little more than one year ago. My faith journey at Boston University began with a certain hesitation. Styles of worship and community were very different from my home parish in Evanston, Illinois, compounding on the homesick anxieties of going to college halfway across the country. For too long, my Catholicism felt like a crystal cup I had inherited from my family and parish community, something that I was obligated to protect, but that wasn't entirely mine. I turned instead to academics for consolation and validation, filling my schedule and my identity with studies and professional aspirations while growing increasingly empty. As my spirit and selfhood reached a chilling nadir, I embarked on my long-awaited semester abroad in Rome, which would become the beginning of a pilgrimage that continues to this day. There I felt drawn to pray, to journal, to reevaluate my life and its meaning in new ways. One word kept tugging at my heart. Surrender. Such a prospect terrified me. I'd spent a year and a half deeply curved in on myself in a relentless quest to achieve some ever distant success. What would it mean to let go? My wrestling inclinations came to a head during an art history field trip to the Chiesa della Gesù, Mother Church of the Jesuits. From the moment I entered the church, I came to the realization that for years I had been chasing my pride and ambitions ahead of God's wishes for me. I resolved to turn my life back toward God and outside of myself, in whatever way the Lord would invite me. Well be warned, ask and you shall receive." Kneeling before the tomb of St. Ignatius on the church's left side, I found an English prayer card with the text of the sushipe: "Whatever I have or possess, you have given to me. To you I return it, and hand it over to be governed by your will." As I read words that promised a radical gift of self beyond my boldest imaginings, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I had never understood that this phrase, so often found in Scripture, was more than metaphor. It was an all-encompassing sensation. I became empowered and encouraged by a love I had nearly forgotten. It was then that I knew that even if I gave God everything, I would lack nothing. From that day to the present, I've endeavored to share the love that I experienced in Rome. I make eye contact, I smile, I listen, really listen. Academics, instead of an end themselves, are now a means to that greatest end, God, and bring me great joy. The BU Catholic Center, always a space where I felt welcome, has now become a second home. By the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, I have decided to enter the Jesuits after my time at Boston University comes to an end. I don't know all that my future holds, but I've learned to trust those final words of Ignatius's prayer. May you give to me only your love and grace, and I will be rich enough, nor will I ask for anything more.
4: Nick Rodriguez will graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Engineering from the College of Engineering. While at BU, he has served as a Marsh Associate here at Marsh Chapel, as a student advisor for BU orientation, as president of Sojourn BU, and as a student leader in Episcopal BU. This summer, he will be teaching computer science at ID Tech Camps on the MIT campus, and then will return to BU in the fall to pursue a Master of Divinity degree at the School of Theology.
8: In my four years here, I'm not sure if I could reduce what I believe to a set of theological statements or ideas. I think if someone were to ask me, what do you believe? I would maybe point them to the set of creedal statements that the Reverend Dean Hill mentioned months ago in a sermon titled, A Word in the Wilderness. There, among other statements, he said, God is love and life is a sacred journey to freedom. I would also maybe point to Mike Mahargu's axioms about faith, where he states, Faith is at least a way to contextualize the human need for spirituality and find meaning in the face of mortality, and God is at least the natural forces that created and sustained the universe as experienced via a psychosocial model in human brains that naturally emerges from innate biases. While my theology has changed over these last four years, I would say the real change in what I believe is not exactly the base narratives of my own personal creeds, but rather my attitudes about them. For our personal creeds deal with what it means to be. In these last four years, I oftentimes found myself trying to find the courage to be in the midst of the many tensions that exist within our modern Globalized societies and within my own story as I wrestled with my own humanity. In my four years here, I wrestled with doubt and the seemingly endless conflicts between my scientific understanding and intuition and my living, breathing faith. I wrestled with the dark nights in my soul. I wrestled with failures and loss, and I wrestled with the implications of my own smallness in our pale blue dot fragileness in a large cold universe and with the death of my God felt at the loss of my freshman years neatly wrapped up faith. But in the death of my God I felt for a moment a connectedness between everything and the energy within myself keeping me alive. I felt for a moment existence itself. I wrestled with what it meant to hold convictions and identities in the pluralistic world. In my four years here, I figured out really quickly that life does not make perfect sense, and that while there are wrongs and there are injustices in our world that we need to resist, I also learned that humanity's distinct and diverse set of religious, spiritual, and cultural identities are all beautiful, and that unity is not uniformity. In my wrestling, I often felt connected to something greater. In the many conversations I had with colleagues surrounding justice, meaning, in the future of our world, there were times when I felt more alive. I felt the energy within me beating in a connection within myself to the millennia of traditions and ideas that are constantly in conversation with me. For moments, I felt the words of prophets and teachers, of the new being and of spirit working through me. A few times, I felt for moments that these stories, my culture, my faith, and these conversations truly matter. So, in my experiences, I learned to be thankful, to listen, to empathize, and to engage. We exist for the time we do, and in every moment, we have the opportunity to engage. We have the opportunity to engage with ourselves, with what we care about, with our world, with those around us, and with the ground of being from which we exist. And it is within our wrestling with this holy tension in our own humanities, it is within our engaging with those of whom we may be unfamiliar, and it is within our finding the common grounds binding us where we may see the face of God. (laughs)
4: Merritt Nowak will graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in International Relations and a minor in Religion from the College of Arts and Sciences and the Pardee School of Global Studies. She has served as a Marsh Associate here at Marsh Chapel and as a Community Services Intern at the International Institute of New England. She plans to apply to law school.
9: I believe in change. Four years ago, I made a decision. After 14 years of faith-based education at a Catholic school in St. Louis, I was ready for something new. I went from a class just short of 100 girls to my undergraduate year at BU with nearly 4,000 students from all over the world. Different. Boston University, with its rich diversity, urban environment, and New England weather promised to be the exact opposite of what I had grown accustomed to, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Of course, what we think when we first arrive as undergraduates and what we know when we leave also tend to be completely different things. Just a few weeks into freshman year, I was invited to hear the Marsh Chapel Choir perform one of their exquisite Bach cantatas. i had always loved classical music, and a new friend would be singing. It sounded like a lovely way to spend a Sunday morning. The moment I entered this space, I felt overwhelmed with welcoming smiles, friendly handshakes, and of course, the thoughtful preaching and beautiful music. I was home. My visits increased in frequency, cantata after cantata, fellowship events with the global ministry department, and Holy Week services bringing me further and further into this community. Something I had not anticipated as I tried to break out of what I thought was faith boxing me in. But that wasn't the case at all. Faith was the very thing opening doors to the diversity and new experiences I craved when I first began my journey. Before I knew it, I was back in religion classes, eventually choosing to minor in the subject, and visiting the chapel whenever I was free for interfaith fellowship events. I knew I needed to bring the welcoming spirit and positive energy I encountered in this space to more communities. This semester, I've welcomed refugees to a new country using the warmth and earnest kindness I learned at Marsh Chapel. I had the privilege of assisting new arrivals in obtaining vital social services. It was in waiting in lines or on hold, advocating for people who had next to no one in their corner, that I learned to believe in welcome. I arrived here unsure of what faith even means, completely out of touch with the things that I believe. The picture is not yet crystal clear, and I assume parts of it will shift and change forms throughout my life. But the pieces have begun to come together. I believe that difference is a good thing, that it makes us stronger, I believe that true community is not founded on mere tolerance, but strengthened by pluralism that embraces diversity, welcomes changes, and blossoms with compassion. Going forward, I have learned not only to be open to differences I encounter in others, but ready to accept change within myself. I came to be you with a desire to change the world. I leave here with the hope that the world will continue to change me.
4: Please join me in thanking our 2018 This I Believe speakers. As we turn our hearts and minds to prayer, let us assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail according to your tradition as we join together in our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. God of grace and abundance, we are grateful for the witnesses we have heard testifying to the leading of the spirit you have prompted in their lives, a sampling of the many and myriad spiritual journeys undertaken by the thousands of students who will graduate from Boston University one week hence. We give thanks for all those who have gone before them, leading them here and now leading them on into communities of learning virtue and piety we lift up before you the mothers of our graduates our graduates who are mothers the mothers in our congregation and our own mothers whether still with us or on a farther shore and in a greater light We invite your calling to continue to enliven our lives and seek grace to submit to your still small voice, urging us to abundant life in service to you and to our neighbor. We seek your comfort in the dark nights of our souls as we wrestle with ourselves and with you, an ongoing contest that is the process of coming to be coming to be in relationship, and coming to rest on common ground. We hope not in our own abilities to make change, but in your ability to change us through the encounters you call us into in love and service to the world, that we may become change-makers. Bless our graduates, bless our mothers, Bless us all in the ministry and service to which you have called us. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
1: Good morning. We welcome you again to the nave of Marsh Chapel. Whether you are seated here with us at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, listening live via the radio or internet stream, or later via the podcast, please know that you are a welcome member of our community. For those of you seated here in the nave, we invite you to write your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This will help us to get to know you better and for your neighbors to get to know you as well. Marsh Chapel wishes all the moms out there a very happy Mother's Day. A special shout out to my mom, who's listening live in Pennsylvania. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Following the service, members of the congregation are encouraged to join us downstairs in the Marsh Room to celebrate our Marsh Community 2018 graduates during our coffee hour. Speaking of graduates, next Sunday, uh, Marsh Chapel hosts the baccalaureate service for the 145th commencement exercises for Boston University. The Baccalaureate speaker will be Carmen Juline Cruz Soto, Mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico, and BU alumna. Uh, following next Sunday, the chapel will be on summer schedule with worship on Sunday mornings at 11, and uh, our, the offices will be open daily from 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. For all other upcoming news and events, please visit the Marsh Chapel website at BU.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for our offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
3: things come of thee, O Lord, and of thy own have we given thee.
0: Lord, support us all the day long of this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us a safe rest, a happy lodging, and peace at the last, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.